Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi Villa fans and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. I um, wanted to pop on again because um, I wanted to take another look at another striker um, that Aston Villa were previously linked with, previously linked with, should I say. Um, uh, source wasn't exactly very good. They were linked back in March and in April uh, to this player. Um, a player who went to the World Cup of Brazil last uh, November or whenever it was, went to the, to the World Cup in Qatar. Um, a striker and somebody um, that uh, I think could have a few European teams looking at him. And his name is Pedro. And um, he's got a longer name than that, but I've uh, completely blanked on what the rest of his name is there. Um, as you would be would be able to see it at the start of the um, of the podcast there. But plays with Flamengo um, has some previous European experience, which we'll talk about uh, in a moment and maybe look at some of the reasons why uh, that didn't really pan out for him when he moved to Europe previously. Um, but he's somebody that scores goals. Um, I was going to say he scores goals for a living, but I'd hope a striker would score goals for a living. Um, but he scores goals. He scores lots of them. And um, he's your he's your typical number nine. He's your on-the-shoulder on player. He's your, your uh, penalty box player. He's somebody that's very different, as I say, to the Ollie Watkins that we have at the moment or to... to um, you know, to Cameron Archer as well, that, that uh, I would imagine is going to be a huge part of this team in 2023 20, 24. Um, so I'm just going to pull up some of my uh, some of my notes on him here, if you don't mind. Um, so I will share these. Uh, share my screen, share my window. Um, yeah, so looking at some of my notes here, um, I popped them up on the screen once again, like I did last night. So, uh, Pedro is a talented 26-year-old striker. He'll be making waves in football world with his impressive performances for Flamenco. Standing at an imposing height of 186 centimetres or 6 foot 1 for those in, uh, in in proper money, as I like to call it. Uh, Pedro has established himself as a force uh, to be reckoned with in the pitch. In um, So, basically, he began his career at Fluminense uh, where he showcased his, his potential as a prolific goal scorer. 20 goals and three assists in 58 games. And he caught the attention of European clubs, uh, leading to a move to Fiorentina for 11 million euros. However, Pedro's time in Italy was marred by a tour in ACL and a lack of fit, a lack of fit with the team's tactics. 
um, which is huge for a young player. I think he was only like 21 uh, when he moved to Fiorentina. And uh, as I say, uh, ACL knocked him back in his heels. They didn't really fit in uh, with the team's tactics. Uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember if they changed uh, manager at the time, but it just wasn't a fit for him. And he um, returned back to Brazil, seeking to regain his form and confidence. Then he, uh, he moved on loan initially to Flamengo, and then he ended up playing with Flamengo. Um, uh, he ended up playing playing with Flamengo. They ended up signing him again. Now, Flamengo tend to play with a 4-3-1-2, and Pedro is part of a fluid front three. I know it says front front three here because that person that plays behind the two strikers, somebody we were linked to, linked to um, Uruguayan player, Aratsketa, I think is how you pronounce I, I can't really pronounce his name. Um, but you guys uh, will may any of you who've been following Aston Villa transfers for maybe the last three or four years will uh, have seen his name. Um, I think he actually played in in the World Cup as well. So he plays behind, and sometimes he joins that front three. So so Pedro plays in that front three. It's a fluid front three, but he is the focal point. He's the person who plays up top. Um, uh, we'll see it in a moment. He's uh, there's there's quite a lot of striking talent at the Flamengo team. Um, and uh, they play in kind of different positions, but he tends to be that focal number nine, that battering ram that plays up top. Um, uh, so what we'll see is he, he he does drop off in link play. Sometimes it's not his bread and butter, um, and sometimes he peels wide to run run into the to the left channel. He, any of his runs when he does get the ball and he does try and run at goal, it is always from the left. It's nearly it's it's. Um, watching some of his games on White Scout, I think uh, I actually can't think of a time where he picked up the ball on the right hand side and drove a goal. Seems to always be from the left. Um, but like as it says, that, as I say there, you'll most likely find him on the shoulder of the last defender. Dirty goals, goals from inside the box, headers, uh, left foot, right foot. You know he's well able to score. Um, well able to score a rounded um type of goal, should I say? And uh, he's some. That's something I think that Aston Villa need. Um, as Flamengo progressed the ball, he makes little stop-start runs uh, to keep himself onside and gain fractions of space away from his markers. His height makes him a handful, and he's very good in the air, which means he can win flick-ons to release other players ahead of him or hold the ball up as well, something that uh, always translates well into the Premier League. Um, Manchester United signed, signed somebody called Wout Weghorst. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. And that's simply because he was able to hold the ball up and, and at times he was able to come come deep. I'm not saying that this person is in any way, shape or form like that. But what I'm saying is that players like that are becoming less and less in numbers. And players like that that can score goals are certainly becoming less and less. It's a bugbear of mine that I've spoken about. The traditional, typical centre-forward is... Um, it's hard to come. Uh, it's hard to come by, and that's why I wanted to mention this guy because he's got a really good goal scoring record. So, as I've said below here, uh, Pedro is a true poacher in the penalty box, excelling in his ability to find the back of the net. And as a classic number nine, he stays focused on finishing attacks and acts as a target man for his team. With a strong right foot, left foot, and aerial prowess, Pedro um, poses a threat from various angles. He scored twenty three goals and thirty seven appearances last year across Brazilian Serie A and Libertadores. And those 23 goals came in, came in 1,883 minutes, which was a goal every 81 minutes with a 30.3% conversion rate. All great statistics. In Brazil, they play lots of different regional competitions as well. You'll see that he will have scored more goals or less, less goals, depending on where you go um, and what, what, um, what uh, website you go to. Um, I've taken those numbers 
directly from um i've taken those numbers directly from fb ref and uh that's where i found my information there as well his career has seen him score 74 goals in 188 games in brazil so that's uh that's an impressive strike rate there as well um at flamengo pedro faces stiff competition from the likes of bruno Henrique and gabriel barbosa somebody we were linked with i think last summer as well but despite this he's managed to make his march starting in 50 percent of the games pedro's ability to consistently find the target is evident with 52.4 percent of his shots being on goal um, and his goals, and that's his shots being on goal throughout all different competitions. When we look at his statistics in a moment, you'll see that uh, that I think that number is slightly lower because it was just looking at uh, domestic competitions in the last 365 days. Um, so looking at, at at his at his shot map here from my scout, you'll see that everything is very much central. It's very much in the in the goals in around the penalty penalty box. He's that type of player, so that's why I picked him, and that's why I picked Brian Broby last night as well because it's important to see where um see these types of players because I think that there's a lack of them at the moment and highlighting them. And if Villa were to bring somebody in, I think that they could be a good fit with this team. Unai Emery has played with them before in the in the in the form of um um. Jared, is it Jared Romero, the um, the 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 tall striker at Villarreal, and he has played with a player like that at focal point as well previously. So, um, you know that's another reason why I'm thinking that it could be a nice little change of pace player to bring in as well. Um, I'm not going to go down through the rest of my notes there uh, with regards to this guy, but I'm going to bring up the um the slides that I've done on him um, from his from a statistical point of view. And I suppose the biggest one here is when we look at his radial graph, he is very, he's a very attacking player. And obviously this radial graph that I do is, uh, it just focuses on attacking output really, doesn't focus that much. Yes, we've got ball ball recoveries in there, uh, all right. And I suppose that just shows to a pressing ability that the players have. And this player can press. You can see there that with regards to ball recoveries, he comes in at 2.41, in and around the same as Danny Ing's pressing rate. Um, that Danny Ings had for Aston Villa last season. Um, big one that jumps off the page there are like are the goals, uh, the goals per shot ratio, and also um, the the goal create the, the goal creating actions, uh, scoring frequency there. As I've shown, is every one hundred and seven minutes that was in the um, every one hundred and seven minutes that was in the Brazilian leagues last year, the Brasileira or the Serie A or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, Scored, uh, as I say, he's a very rounded striker, left foot, right foot, scores with his head. Um, and as we see where he stacks up there, um, doesn't miss a whole pile of chances, missed 11, 11 big chances last season in Brazilian leagues. Um, Danny Ings coming in there, I suppose, being the, the barometer there, at only missing six chances. Um, but look, when we see this guy's this this guy's map, it, it's it's very very important to kind of look and see that he is very much an attacking player. Doesn't contribute much like Brian Broby yesterday. Doesn't contribute as much as probably uh, other strikers would contribute when they're out of possession or even when they're in possession. He's only he only has twenty seven point one eight touches per game. He's there to score goals. He really is there to score goals. Rarely dribbles the ball. Um, doesn't get dispossessed that much. That 50% is a bit of a misnomer there because, uh, you know, any tiny incremental movement there of maybe even 0 0.5, uh, 0 0.05 of, uh, of uh, a mark there could move you up 10% there. So it looks a small a bit worse than it actually is. Um, but this guy is is, uh, is is a potent player. As I say, he was in the Brazilian squad this season. Um, there are obviously some concerns about it that he has been to Europe before. Didn't really cut it, if you want to be 
harsh. But then again, ACL being in a foreign country, being in a team that didn't suit his suit his needs. Um, you know, at the time, Fiorentina, I, I don't know whether it was the case at the time, should I say, but Aston Villa have built a really tight-knit South American contingent at the team. We just have to remember that brilliant um, vignette last year of uh, Diego Carlos coming in through the window to see, um, was it Alex Moreno playing um, uh, playing on Twitch and all the rest of the South American guys were around and, and they seemed to form, form a really good bond. So Aston Villa have kind of captured lightning in a bottle there with the uh, South American players and potentially uh, it would be an easier fit for a 36-year-old Pedro to come along than it was for a 21-year-old Pedro to go to Italy and to fit into the Fiorentina team uh, as well. So let's take a little look at some of your comments before I wrap this one up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, where are we? Uh, so a couple of ones there talking about Zaha. So be happy mentions go get Zaha, uh, get Zaha on, uh, on a free. I have said that if Zaha signs for Aston Villa, I, I just don't see him signing for Aston Villa. I, I would say that they would be, would be, um, interested. Yeah, I think that they would definitely be interested in him. I just don't see him signing for Aston Villa. Like every time he plays against Aston Villa, he seems to, um, show disdain towards. Tyrone Mings anyway, for sure. Himself and Tyrone Mings don't seem to get on. I know that's happened with players before and they've always turned it around, you know. Um, wearing the same shirt can be a big equaliser. But um, yeah, I think, I think I'd think i be blown away if Zaha uh, joined Aston Villa. Um, there's a lot of... Um, so and, <laughs> Andrew Munro says he's all for a base and the fact that he bought him on Football Manager and he scored a good few, good few for Villa. That's as good... Uh, that's as good a scouting um, reference as anything else, I suppose, really, um, because you know scouting is never one hundred percent. And um, I certainly have, like, I've watched, I watch a, a good amount of tape on him, um, but nowhere near the amount that I suppose I would need to make a one hundred percent guarantee on him or anything like that. And that's why I've kind of stayed towards the looking at the statistical analysis here, based on, and also bits and pieces of what I've said uh, or what I've seen of him. Um, you notice that I haven't gone in on this and said, yeah, I'd love if Aston Villa would sign this guy. I was a bit more kind of, um, I'm not going to say bullish about Brian Brian Broby last night. But I was a bit more certain, I think, of, of what I saw of Brian Broby last night. Um, but as I say, sometimes it can be difficult to get um, to get footage of Brazilian leagues. And sometimes when you do, it could be the regional competitions where teams are skewed and maybe it's not the best teams that are out as well. So you always have to be wary of, of, of what you see when you're looking at uh, South American uh, content. And thank God for Voice Code. I just haven't had a chance to look at um, look at everything that they have there as well. Um uh, where are we? Uh, 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 oh, yeah, and I might be wrong. Says we're lucky to have quite a happy dressing room. I think Martinez has a lot to do with it from a South American perspective. He seems to be an organizer and a bond maker. I absolutely think so too. And uh, and as I said, I referenced that um, that that video that video that we saw last year as well. Uh, a hilarious video if you didn't see it. Um, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> 
Uh, it's a lot of uh, a lot of Zaha talk there that I, I might just go past if you don't mind. I'll let you guys talk about Zaha. It's not a Zaha video. I might have to do a Zaha video now based on, on all the chat there as well. Uh, Paul Welford says, I think some more Brazilian players will come in, maybe too. Um, maybe so. I, I, I don't know, but um, it's it is Brazil is a very is Brazil is back, and what I mean by that is. The talent that's coming out, the young talent in Brazil at the moment is absolutely frighteningly good. Um, maybe not from a statistical point of view, but what you can see, like I, I spent, a, I've, I've spent a good bit of time watching a striker called Marcus Leonardo. I haven't done a scouting series on him that I can remember anyway because his statistics. I know the second I drop his statistics, everybody will say, "No, we don't need him. No better than Archer or whatever." Marcus Leonardo is a really, really good footballer. Um, really, really good footballer, and 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 he's just symptomatic, I think, of what's going on in Brazil at the moment. You see, um, as a Vitor Roque, and you see a lot more uh, other good strikers that are out there. There's a, um, the the names are all very similar, and I and I get confused by them. But there's a lot of good strikers, a lot of good defensive midfielders coming out of Argentina at the moment, and Uruguay is where you want to go to get defenders. If any of you have seen any of the underage um World Cups uh, over the course of this off season, Uruguay um had a back four that were just imperious. They were brilliant. Um, and uh, Argentina seemed to be the place to go if you want to find uh, a defensive midfielder that can ping the ball all around the place. So um, South America is really kind of ramping up their player development at the moment. Not that they ever went anywhere, but Brazil in particular have a couple of young strikers that if they reach their potential, they, they are as good as what we've seen in the last 20 years, 20, 30 years to come out of Brazil, in my book anyway. And based, once again, on the limited pieces that I've seen in them as well. Um, Where else have we there? Ba -ba -ba -ba. Yeah, John Steele says the, the Martinez to United rumours aren't going away. I don't think it'll happen, but it's always worrying. Yeah, I, I've... Um, uh, I kind of take all those with a pinch of salt. Like... I've I've always been clear and, and and said that listen, if somebody comes in with a massive offer, I think we have to look at a massive offer for any, any of our players. Any player that we have, I think we have to look at a massive offer. That's not being defeatist. I think it's being smart. Like um let's let's just say they come in with a hundred million for a goalkeeper. I don't want to see my Emmy Martinez go. I don't think he does go, but I think the club consider offers like that. Um but I just don't see Emmy Martinez not being here come the start of the season or not playing the 2023-24 season at Aston Villa myself. Um, I think Man United would ultimately come to an agreement with David De Gea and just, and just sign him back. I think a lot of it is posturing to kind of get him to sign a lower wage. That's just my view on it. But uh, once again, could be wrong. Could be wrong for sure. Um, and as Gaz Oak says, that United want Onana as well. I think they do too. And I think a lot of this is throwing this out to say um, like in case Onana is on the fence, maybe it just pushes him towards signing. But then again, he has a good relationship with Ten Hag from his time at Ajax before. And uh, I would imagine Inter will sell because, uh, um, you know, once again, every, every single Italian team will, will sell players if the right offer comes in. But then again, goalkeepers are kind of more difficult to replace. Um, so who knows? I, I personally wouldn't sell Emmy Martinez uh, this summer, but... Um, I would certainly consider offers that come in there and then re then refuse them, if that makes sense. Um, uh, 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 uh. Stephen Doyle is asking, when's the Seville scouting, the Seville scouting podcast coming out? Looks like there's a few options with it, with their financial troubles. There isn't really, and I'm going to be honest, because loads of their players are 30 and above. Um, but 
uh, what I did tie with the idea of um of of uh of the the Moroccan striker that they have of of I, I have a piece done on him and I tied with doing that this evening. But um, I want to watch more of him because a, a lot of it is recency bias of seeing him in the Premier, in the World Cup and uh, seeing him re- more recently for Sevilla. So I wanted to watch a small bit more of him before I did did a scouting series on him uh, just to talk about him more because it's very easy to like when you're looking at an awful lot of these like these these bo- penalty box players um, or these taller players. It's very easy to get stuck in the stereotypical conversation of what a tall striker is. Um, and uh, especially when you're watching a lot of them together. But yeah, I think I will do do something on him. I, I'm not 100% sure that we sign anybody from Sevilla. Um, specifically, like a lot of their players are old. If you go in and look at their players' ages, they, they just seem to fit outside the age age bracket of what we're looking at. You know, a lot of them are 29 and, and, and getting on that way. And I think while that's not a failing of the club, they've obviously gotten success. Um, the... And and they will recoup the, the the money that they need to recoup. They will recoup that somewhere, somewhere. Like they just need that. Yes, they might need to sell Bono. They might need to sell um sell the striker, the Moroccan striker. Um, that probably gets them everything that they need. But it will be a long rebuilding progress process, I think, for um for Sevilla if if they do sell those two players. But they're a club that have done it before, and I I, I have no doubt that they will be able to do it again as well. Um, right. That's it. I'm going to leave you with that, everybody. Have a great Saturday night. It's half past ten here in Ireland. And um, come back tomorrow. We might do something different. Um, actually, I, might, I won't be able. To, won't be back tomorrow. I'm going to take a day off tomorrow. We'll be back again Monday. We might do, do something a small bit different. And uh, obviously, if anything breaks in the meantime, we will go back and chat again. Um, I put out a little bit of a small video in case you guys didn't see it. And I put it out on Twitter. If you could consider following us on, on our other um, social media uh, social media platforms as well, just with the recent uh, throttling and the recent limitations on Twitter. We're not going anywhere from Twitter, and hopefully when Twitter gets back up and, and running and those limitations aren't in there, hopefully Elon sticks these words and, word and takes them away when, um, when, when when he feels is necessary. But at the moment, you're limited to, to a certain amount of post views per day on Twitter. Um, and we don't want to miss. We don't want people to miss anything. So if you follow us on any of the rest of our of our um, platforms, but the easiest way not to miss anything for us is to like us on YouTube, click the bell notif- the bell to be notified, and um, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, as I say, and uh, you won't miss anything from us as well. Right, yo, go and leave it at that. Have a fantastic rest of your Saturday evening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Podcast Network.